The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that, opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised. Today on the Court TV Podcast, we go Weinstein in depth. A look inside the Manhattan courthouse where the trial will take place. We'll learn more about the judge who will hear the case, the typical jury makeup of New Yorkers, and why cameras will not be allowed in the courtroom. This is the Court TV Podcast with Vinny Politan and Seema Iyer. Welcome to the Court TV Podcast. I'm Seema Iyer. I'm here with Vinny Politan, and we are going home, Vinny. I'm going home. 100 Center Street, not only my home for 15 years, but it is going to be where the Weinstein trial will be held. I've never been in there. I've... I've I yes, have you have. Yes, was, you have. There, for I, Puffy's trial. Yeah, I was there for uh, Sean Puffy Combs. Yes. He, he was Puffy back then. This. He wasn't P. Diddy. I know. My mother still hasn't gotten over the name change. Yeah. yeah. Big and fan. he wasn't Puff Daddy. He was just Puffy. Did you see Jennifer Lopez when you were there? No, that's what that trial was all about, though. Oh, okay. It was J-Lo Watch. Every day we were out there just waiting for her to arrive. She was the key witness oh, who never God. testified. That's right. Never. I remember this. So th- I think that was when I was in the Bronx DA's office. So that's why I wasn't there That's why I didn't it. see you. That's why we were ships like, passing Seema? in the night. Where's Seema? Where What's happening? Seema? So I didn't practice there. You did. So I think this segment... I'm at- so excited to go home. I, I mean, when I say home... Vinny, I've slept on the benches waiting for jurors to come back. Yeah, yeah. There was one night I remember. I still remember. Safe. It was we. There was a judge that kept us there deliberating. It was a Friday night till like one a.m. And me and the DA still we became really good friends, really tight. And we both took naps on the benches, and we would watch each other. (laughs) Napping to make sure you were so safe because you're in New York City. No, because we were tired oh, okay. and and we just had all our stuff. And then either like one of us would go get snacks and the the other. See, it was a lot of camaraderie, adversaries, but then you become friends. Yeah, those are the good old days. Such good days. I don't know if it was like that. Well, this segment I think is is more me trying to learn from you about what it's like inside as we take a tour inside here. First question I have though. You know, for most of us, when yeah. we think of, you know, a case in New York City, we think of law and order, of course. Do we have to walk up those stairs, or is that a different courthouse? Excellent question. So that you know is those a, stairs yes, we're talking yes, about. Yes, that is a different courthouse. So the, oh. the, you, the one they use for filming is the courthouse that's uh, civil cases are held there. So civil, federal, so I no criminal. I can't interview someone on those steps. I can't run up there. And well, maybe we'll get some interviews when we're there, and we can pull them on those steps and just pretend. Pretend, we'll absolutely. Just, we'll, but see, here's the thing. 100 Center Street, not an attractive building at all. So there's two entrances. There's a north entrance and a south entrance. And what I imagine, and this is just speaking to my friends, so I have a lot of friends still there, constantly touching base with them, and they're the ones who are the operations people who run the building. So I think what's going to happen is Harvey Weinstein will have a separate entrance every morning, and then the jurors and the public will have a separate entrance because they're really trying to minimize uh, any security problems and the crowding issues. Yeah, well, I mean... I understand that, but I hate when people get special treatment. You know what I mean? But it's also to protect the public. Okay. Okay, no, here's the most important thing you got to know about the courthouse. Are you ready? Yeah. I want you to write this down. This is really important. Okay. It is where to get the best coffee. 
I'm not joking. And I'm talking about the best coffee I've ever had in my life is at the newspaper stand in the courthouse. So now this, I want you to write this down. You got to enter in the south entrance, not the north entrance. You know why, Vinny? Because you enter the north entrance, you're going to get pulled into the cafe, which is terrible coffee. You have to go to the newspaper stand. In so the back. In, uh, towards when, the south entrance. Okay. You go in, you veer right. Does he, veer do, right. does he do lattes? He does. Oh, he does. He even does iced coffee okay. in, in the summer. And it is it is just the best. You know that New York dirty bodega, never been clean coffee? That is the best. It's the best. It's the okay. best. So that's where you're going to get your coffee. So that's the first thing. You get your coffee, you get your paper, you get some snacks. Uh, Are there long the jurors, lines? Yes, but jurors get passes, right? So the jurors will have passes and they go through security but really fast. But how about fast. me? Uh, I don't care about this. I care about me. <laughs> I think we're going we, to... You'll have a media pass. Yeah, but is that going to help, or are they going to give me a little bit of attitude? See, they I... gave us attitude in the Puffy trial. Let me tell you, okay. they were not they were not friendly to us. They were not. But maybe you know well, some of these security people. Well, here's people. the issue. I have an attorney pass still. I'm right. still licensed to practice there, and I still have my government-issued ID. Okay, so, so, so if Chanley Painter gets arrested, you can help her. Oh, my God, pro bono. That's my girl. That uh, is my girl. <laughs> so... Uh, and and so the, there's a floor. The jurors will have a separate floor, and that's where they uh, basically stay during the breaks. So this trial should be held from what from our information on the 15th floor. That is also the same floor where the jurors are. They congregate. Now, let's say you had a trial on the 13th floor. The jurors would always stay on the 15th floor. I think for security reasons and for ease of the jurors, they have arranged this all to be on the 15th floor. So the jurors will be there. They have a separate room to hang out in, and those rooms are But not you can't as... get coffee on the 15th floor. No, you got to get it downstairs. You, gotta, you have to go downstairs. But, you got to get in that elevator. Let me tell you something. Oi. Wait. Oi. Hold on. 100 Santa Street is surrounded. It's in the middle of a food paradise, okay? You would be very happy. Well, we got somebody. We have a little Italy. A little right, Italy's right, right there. Right there. Yeah. Right there. I would never get you back in court. Yeah. You'd be like bloated Where, from where's, pasta. Where's and pizza. Vinny? Where's Vinny? Vinny's. He's over La Puglia. Exactly. So it's Get right some gabagool. <laughs> so it's it's so you're right in the middle of Chinatown and mm. Little Italy. Okay. So you get all the best food. There's also like a lot of great Vietnamese restaurants. Listen, you're in New York City, so it's the best. And a lot of times we'll often find court staff, defense attorneys, prosecutors, and sometimes jurors hanging out at the very famous Whiskey Tavern. Now, what's the Whiskey Tavern? Okay. Is that See, where I you go like after the trial? I can't with you. Is, I mean, that... I can't. I mean, I really. You listen, you know that every courthouse in this country, adjacent to every courthouse in this country is a bar. You know that, right? I don't drink. You know that. Oh God! I'm not one of I you know. people. I know it's really, it's really. I mean, it, it, <laughs> why would it, I drink? It's a big impediment to our friendship. Right. I find. I mean, this is what's keeping. But us But after from the big, after the big trials and the verdicts, that's where you go to unwind. What you big or, trials? Big uh, after breakfast, after lunch, jury. <laughs> wait, when juries are deliberating? No, I'm kidding. I don't do that. But you, here's the thing: we've all become friends. So you know, I'm friends with the owners, friends with everybody. So even if you're just having needing somewhere to wait. That's where you so hang So this out. is like, like Cheers, right? When you walk in, exactly. they go, Seema! Seema! And yeah. they're all psyched for me to come back. That's good. They're so excited. We'll, we'll, we'll be welcomed, at least. Yes. So it, what's the attitude and atmosphere like inside the courtroom? Because, you know, some courthouses, they're very, you know, they're strict on the on the security, and they make you feel like you're... Like, when I go to the courthouse in um, down in Atlanta when I have jury duty, they treat you like... They don't treat you well. Be, and you as a think, journalist or no, as, just a as a citizen? As a human being, just walking through security. It's like I did something wrong. 
What's it like in New York? And I understand security is high tech, but you can be, you can do security with a smile. You know what I mean? You it, know what I mean? It's New York. So we're not going to get nothing. That. There's, no smiling. there's no smiling. It's not allowed. I think it's like the minute you so enter the no, city. No, make no eye contact. Just take off my shoes, my belt, my. I will tell you this: the younger, so the you know the security. Every state or every city calls it something different. Some people call them bailiffs. Some people call them deputies. We call them court officers. So New York City, they're known as court officers, and they carry guns. They they mo. Yeah, most of them do. I think I think some don't, but most of them do. I think you have to be a certain level of a court officer. But uh, generally speaking, the younger court officers, they're less cynical, much nicer. So they're much nicer to deal nicer with. Nicer to you. So, yeah, so if you're going in there and you're like, hey, where's the restroom? Ask somebody younger, whether it's a male or female. <laughs> they're just nicer. The older ones are getting more crotchety and more, you know, um, worked up. But uh, but security is an issue. I don't think, see, Harvey Weinstein, it's not going to be that issue when, as opposed to a violent drug dealer, homicide, that type of trial. That's when their their risk level is heightened because they're really But you don't nervous. think the, the high-profile nature of this is going to have everybody a little geeked up and, and maybe not so... Not when it comes to danger. Like, I had, uh, I, I defended a Latin king, and it was, like, a lot of Latin kings on trial. And there was just so much, the whole floor was shut down because everyone was really scared about what was going to happen when witnesses testified. And it was just so many gang members, and the whole audience was just gangbangers. So that's different. I don't think we will, it'll be to that level. I think it's more about crowd control. Yeah, and part of that crowd could be some celebrities. Could be. Oh, yes, that's right. That's right. Okay, so uh, next up, we are going to talk about the man at the center of the courtroom. No, not Harvey Weinstein. We're talking about Judge James Burke. That's next. Follow Court TV live over the air, uninterrupted. If you're watching television with an antenna, just rescan your channels now to add Court TV. And go to CourtTV.com to see the exact channel position and more ways to watch Court TV in your area. Let's talk about Judge Burke. Now, you know that I know Judge Burke. You, yeah, yes. I've known him for a long time. How tall is he? <laughs> You don't know. No, I'm not you've telling only, you that. You've I'm only not seen him sitting in, no, in the bench. No, I do know how tall he is, and okay. I'm not going to tell you. Okay. Because I feel like that that's not a... That's prejudicial? Mm, to him, maybe, or, yeah. Or, oh, okay. All right. We'll, yeah. take, we'll take it at that. Yeah. He's yeah. smart, he's, though. Well, he's, he's smart. He's, this guy went to Georgetown. Yeah, he's not as tall as you are. No, most aren't. I'm over oh, six feet tall. You know what? Pump it. No, Pump but it I'm, with I'm, you. You're you and your height. You're always, like, pushing. What did you say about the original Core TV? I was the tallest anchor. Oh, see... I was. Yeah, yeah, there like, was no anchor taller than I was. Okay, and there was like a bunch of short women who worked there. And at the new core TV, who's the tallest? Because we're all short. Right. That's my point. But, oh, God. I'm like, over well, six feet tall. How old is, how tall is Ted Rollins? Not as tall as I am. Are you lying? I'm not. I stood right next to him. I'm going right to go measure you when we right wrap this up. I'm measuring you after I this. I stood right next to him. Okay, so yeah, Burke is smart. Yeah. Smart. Georgetown. Georgetown. Uh, so yeah, no, he's always been known as a very uh, smart, thoughtful judge. He started off as a prosecutor. I thought okay. you were going to say but. but well, <laughs> no. you know, I'm try- I'm really trying here. I'm trying. Let, let me ask you he, this. Okay. Is, is, is he a New Yorker? 
Because he went to Georgetown, so that uh, he still could be a New Yorker, like came back home. But is he like a, like if he's on the bench, is he like one of these? Again, I always go back to Law and Order because I've seen every episode. Is he one of those New Yorker type judges? No, no, he's not. He's very uh, cerebral. He's very cerebral. He's he's like a guy. He's a guy's guy. So oh, he is. yeah, okay. So remember in the earlier segment we were talking about the Whiskey Tavern, which plays a, a big role in all of our lives. So the summer of I think it was the summer of 2013 when the World Cup was happening, and everybody, everybody around the courthouse. I mean, we were just obsessed. So whether we, you know every break, who every, are you cheering for? United I States? don't even remember. Yeah, you, I guess you United States, right? Yeah, of course. So, duh. So then, uh, you know, we would all just kind of like be hang out, and the bar was just so crowded. And Burke was one of those guys. You know, he was just hanging out but like the regular judges guy. at the bar. The, oh, a lot of judges go to the bar. Okay, there's like a there's actually a group of judges who hang out and you know he was there and I remember we were all just kind of like really crowded together he was having a beer he was a regular guy totally just enjoying the the sports yeah he really is a sports guy he's also uh so just a little background um he started off as a prosecutor in the Manhattan DA's office okay and he was in trial bureau 50 and the 5-0 the 5-0 well let me tell you what 50 was known for so Uh 50's chief uh had a very strict kind of decorum dress code somewhat. Kind of like the FBI? Well, it's funny because what do you do every Wednesday? Blue shirt Wednesday. You ready for this? The boss would not allow any colored shirts. So no! all, yeah. So that was that was Judge Burke's bureau. No, only white shirts were allowed. The white shirts. Yeah. They were, I wear white shirts most of the time because it yeah, frames the tie very well on the air. Yes. But you got to mix it up. So Blue Shirt, Blue Wednesday. Shirt Wednesday. Right. I no. couldn't work there. You couldn't work there. They'd kick you out. And, and, and so here's the thing. Like every bureau had its own personality, right? Like 80 and 60 and 40 were kind of like the cool bureaus. Like I used to party with 80 and 60. Like most of the people who I'll be hanging out with when I'm not on air are from 80 and 60. Uh, 40 was pretty cool. But 50 was more of like the straight shooters. Like really, really straight lace. Like and Joe that Friday. Was, and Yeah. Yeah, and that was Just you know facts, that was man. Burke. That was that was Burke. So and and some judges like when you say New York personality, some judges almost come across as they come from like the cop family. They become a lawyer. Exactly. Became, no, he's not like that. Okay. He's he's much more. He's he's very refined. He's very. Here's what I liked about him, very much as a defense attorney, as a female defense attorney. He's very protective. He wants to make sure that the lawyers aren't mistreated in his courtroom. I've had, you know, some clients who are difficult or unruly, and he was always concerned about, you know, my well-being in in the courtroom and everybody being safe. He really looks out for everyone. He treats the court staff very well. Uh, His his court attorney, okay? So as you know, judges usually have a court attorney and that's a lawyer. And then they have a you know a clerk or an assistant who's more of an administrative role. But his court attorney, uh, she has been with him because her judge actually retired and she's great. She's, she's uh, very hardworking. Her and I have spoken since I've come to court TV. Uh, I'm excited to see her and she's really happy with him. And, and she only has good things to say. So he gets along with everyone really well. But uh, the negative is a lot. Here we go. Yeah. And this is what I think we're going to also talk about in a later segment today is uh, a lot of former Manhattan prosecutors who become judges are just overly pro-prosecutorial. 
They're just so. That's a problem. Oh yeah, I forgot who I was talking to. I'm sorry, I blacked out. Well, that I was gonna I was, be my. I thought I was actually talking to someone who was well, that, fair. That was my question for you because yeah, he worked at the district attorney's office, then went straight to the bench and was appointed by Rudy Giuliani, right? The mayor, Mayor Rudy Giuliani, right? So, yeah. so does that? So that sort of what you said just sort of confirms that every judge has sort of some sort of a reputation on which way the rulings go on pieces of sure, evidence and other sure. things. So his would lean a little bit more towards the... Maybe a lot more. A lot more a lot towards more, the yeah. prosecution. Okay. And, and the thing that, the reason it bothers me is that, you know what, give me a fair fight, dude. Give me a fair fight. And there's been other judges in that building the same way. They're so... Like, your client's guilty. Why are we here? Why? why? Like, just let's just go through the motions. Like, right. don't, you're wasting my time. I, uh, right. Take the plea. <laughs> Take the plea. But even in, but no, but even at trial, it's one of those like, come on, let's go. Let's. What are we? What are we doing here? Why are we? Why are we wasting our time? Like, why do you have to cross-examine the victim? Like, come right. on. Like but, he's gonna get convicted. But they have to. They have to still follow the law. So right. I mean, he follows the law. He doesn't stretch the law. Yes, he follows the law. But I think when given discretion, right, he will fall on the side of the prosecution. Right. That's a good you thing. You think that's a, no? You think that's yeah. okay? It's not okay. It is not okay. It's got to go Especially, one way or the other. Let me tell you, discretion this, it goes one way or the trial, other. In this trial, the world is watching, so he should be more careful. I would hope that he is more careful, and I also hope that he doesn't listen to this podcast because I'm getting riled up. <laughs> but you're talking about discretion. By by its definition, a discretionary call by a judge is right either either way that he or she goes. I understand that, but I also think I know. I mean, listen, you, you're right, of course, but I do think there's something to be said for public perception and fair and impartial. And also, again, when you're looking at a case, and this may not be that case, but when you are looking at cases and there's overwhelming evidence of guilt, I think those are the cases to be particularly careful about being fair. And giving the defendant every opportunity. Now, I will say no, this. No, no, defendants don't get wait, all on, the discretionary hold on, hold calls. On, hold on, I didn't say that. I okay. hold on. But here's I will say this. He's also been very She just pointed at me. For those of you who can't see this, <laughs> she just pointed at me. Go ahead. He's he's also uh he's also been very uh respectful to my clients. Like you know, I mean yeah. in the way that he's he sounds a lot me. like the way my father was on the bench. My father okay. probably leaned a little bit, um, you know, a little bit to the right on some on some of the calls, although he was criticized for other ones. He, he called them the way he saw them, but the way he saw them was a little bit more to the right. He was appointed by uh, the greatest president we ever had. Reagan? Of course. <laughs> I mean, did you even have did to say you, that? You, I was just looking at did your you face. Did you even have to say anything? I was just um, at your but face. was very fair and respectful to everyone in the process, especially the attorneys, especially the attorneys, would always protect the attorneys. So okay, so um, before I get so banned I like, from I, the courthouse, I like I w- Judge gonna, Burke. <laughs> before I get banned from the courthouse, let's wrap this up. But next up, we got to talk about the juries. We have to talk about New York juries. For more Court TV, watch it on cable, over the air, Roku, or go to CourtTV.com and stream live gavel-to-gavel coverage. Catch up on the big moments from our current cases and relive some of Court TV's most historic trials. Court TV, your front-row seat to justice. 
time to talk about the jury. Is Harvey yes. Weinstein going to get a fair and impartial jury? What do you think? Everyone does. Everyone does. No, but they don't. Yes. Okay. Okay. My Here question for you, though, because you practice in this courthouse. Yes. Now, this is this is Manhattan, right? Yes. So we don't have to worry about Brooklyn hipsters getting on this jury, right? They're not part of the pool, or are they? I think there's a lot of hipsters now that have infiltrated Manhattan. Right. But but you have to, I mean, these are people from Manhattan that yes, will be on the yes. jury. Yes, yes. So it's, it's Manhattan, exactly. We don't have to worry about those hipsters from Brooklyn. Okay, why do you keep, like... Flicking, flicking at me. I Stop flicking, flicking at me. You know, I I, yeah, those I lived beards, in Brooklyn, those but I'm not a hipster. Those yeah. beards. I, just, I, hmm. I know. How do they eat soup? How do we get? We have some hipsters in the newsroom. I don't know I how know. we got. I don't know how I don't we know. let them in here. Yeah. Okay. So, are these people rich? Here's the issue with Manhattan juries, and we have this saying. We used to have this saying. Even the homeless people have master's degrees. Like you're talking about really educated people, right? Okay. In Manhattan. So that's one issue. And actually, I think the statistics say something like uh, over one third of the population, 25 and over, in New York City has a bachelor's degree or higher compared to 30% nationally. So we're like Manhattan is over the national average. These are really educated people. So when you were practicing, did that help you or hurt you? Excellent question. As a defense it, attorney. As a defense attorney, it hurts me if my client. Now, I did. If your client's guilty? No. If my. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, because we've talked about this, that most of my defense work, I did indigent defense. So, I represented people who couldn't afford a lawyer. So, I was a private lawyer, but I took court appointed cases. I did not take a lot of private cases. I liked helping, you know. The, those sure. less fortunate. I, I like the work, and I, I also got better cases that way. Like and in it's terms the of backbone law. of our system. We yes, need people yes. like you stepping up. Yeah, and I really, I really enjoyed that work. And so my problem was when you're representing someone who is poor, and or homeless, and or uneducated. Uh, it is. It, you just don't get a jury of your peers. I, you know, it's like I've got this poor guy who's a minority who hasn't gone past the 10th grade, and I'm looking at a jury pool of 80 people, and most of them have gone to college. Right. And so that's the first problem. Is that a problem? Because the perception I have, because I watch a lot of cable uh, uh, news, is that you've got a bunch of uh, elitist liberals over there who are going to just set these criminals free in Manhattan. Okay, that's an excellent point. And actually, so it's 68% of registered voters in Manhattan are Democrats. So that's a great point. You're right. That, And I, I always felt that way. But I think when it comes to crime... It's their backyard, right? Yeah, so exactly. I think people up. change. Like, I think when you when you look at like, oh, our our jails are overcrowded and too many minorities and black and brown men are, uh, you know, put in jail and not, you know, not given fair judicial process, blah, blah, blah. I think that's kind of the big picture stuff. And that's where when your, your politics get involved. But when you are looking at someone who could potentially be in your backyard and hurt your family. They get a little more yeah. conservative. And it's also with sex crimes, right? So I did right. a lot of sex crimes. So well, this is, these are sex crimes with yes, Weinstein, exactly. but he's not indigent. No, he's no, no. So I think, okay. So, got the, a lot of money. So, so I think for him, the educated jury pool is still going to hurt because I think they're going to know him. So you're talking about people who read the newspaper, who watch the news. They are going to know who Harvey Weinstein is. L look, just look at the list of all his, his movies. You know, his movies date back to the 80s. Like who didn't see Shakespeare in Love or Gangs Me? of New York? Gangs of New York I saw for 10 minutes. It okay, wait, much. wait, wait. What about The English Patient? 
Let me tell you, the English patient no, makes you want no. to be a patient. I really want to kill myself. I did not see that because I saw Good, the episode don't. of Seinfeld where they didn't like it. So I did not go to see well, it. Well, don't start now because you'll go kill yourself. So then I'm just saying, I mean, the uh, Rage in Harlem, I, you know, you're talking about- But these about- are all films that, that Manhattan New Yorkers are going to watch. Exactly. So that, I think, is a problem for him is the fact that- he is so well known. Are you going to now? You're going to have to find jurors who are going to say, you know what? I'm going to put that aside. Peers? Uh, you always want a jury of your peers. Yes, aren't yes. his peers people who live in uh, yes. Manhattan in no, these no. million dollars uh, apartments? Yes, those are his peers. Dollars. Those are his peers. The question then becomes: so that's the first hurdle, right? Jury of your peers, fine, no problem. Educated Manhattanites, fine. The second hurdle is: can you be fair and impartial? That's separate, right? So right. you can have a jury of your peers, but you, they still have to find people who can be fair to him. Well, why wouldn't they? What's wrong? Why do you ask questions like that with like a blank stare? Because you're, because I know you're like you're asking a question and you know the answer. Why wouldn't they? Because they want to see this guy in prison. Why? Because don't, if he don't they believe these- in our system, our presumption of innocence? Don't do these, you? Don't don't these elite, fair-minded liberal people? Don't they believe in a presumption of innocence? You're not giving them any credit, Seema Iyer. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I just listen. I so think who, a lot so of So who's left then? Who gets left? So who ends okay, up? So on, here's who the ends thing. up in Manhattan? Well, uh, let me if, just tell you another problem with. Okay, there, are, there are going to be people who don't know Harvey Weinstein, right? There's going to be. There's a lot of people in New York there uh, that are working class people, right? Okay, the working class people uh, may not know. Harvey Weinstein, and that could help him. So that, that there's some advantage of that. The problem is that Manhattan is one of the richest cities in the country. Yeah. And, and that's a definite problem. Another issue that comes up in picking a jury in Manhattan is language. So this is interesting. As many as 800 languages are spoken throughout New York City, making it the most diverse city in the world. Okay. And uh, as of like, – it's, it's about – Let's see. Forty-four percent of New York City is white. Twenty-eight percent is Latino. Uh, Spanish is okay. So they basically say Spanish speakers make a bulk bulk of the non-English population, and that's about twenty-five percent of the city. So they're saying over. I'm sorry. About half the people in Manhattan don't speak English at home. So okay. you're, there's a lot that's becomes that when I pick juries. So my point in giving you all these numbers is that when I pick juries, I see this. You see someone who's like a regular working person who's working all day, working all night, and then she's, you know, he or she'll say, "I don't speak English." Now, does is that, that help? True? The, does that help the defense? You can't. No, you can't have someone who doesn't understand. Oh, English. so they just they get dismissed. Yeah, because they, they're not going to understand. But did the, they say they don't speak English in English? So that's the funny part. I mean, they just like no English or something. Right. And here's the other issue. So there's, who's there's, left? Wait, there's, there's nobody also, that can serve on this jury. Wait, you've got what eight million people in New York City? And nobody can sit on this jury. New York City has the largest Chinese population of any city outside of Asia. So that, those are the two biggest problems I've seen: is people who don't speak English because they're Spanish speakers and they speak some. Chinese language. Right. So who's left? Joe Lunchbox? Nobody. We have to go home now. There's nothing. (laughs) Who was on your jury? Who'd you end up with? Unfair jurors. And when when you, well, I guess she lost a few cases, folks. (laughs) But who? who Okay. Here's the deal. I think that it's going. This is why Judge Burke has allotted two weeks for jury selection. 
because number one, you know, number one hurdle is finding people who don't know who Harvey Weinstein is. And if you do, can you be fair and impartial? And the other issue is a lot of people, Judge Burke is going to ask them, have you been a victim of a sex crime or do you know someone who's been a victim of a sex crime? And that causes a lot of people an inability to sit on this jury. Right. But at the end of the day, the New York jury that Weinstein's going to get, are they going to be... No nonsense. That's what I mean. Are they like the Joe Lunchbox, no nonsense kind of thing? Or is it going to be, well, these women have an ulterior motive and they've got civil suits and uh, where is the line? I mean, who ends up on this jury? I think that's another reason they're going to take a long time. I think the... The people on the jury, in the jury pool in Manhattan, will be very spec. They'll be um, suspicious of the female accusers. Okay, skeptical so New Yorkers. Skeptical New Yorkers. All right, so that I, helps Harvey Weinstein. Exactly. I think. I think. I think you're gonna have both. I think you're gonna have people who are gonna, you know, skeptical of him, skeptical of the women, and one because thing. Of the money. Wait, wait, wait. One thing that I think could help Harvey Weinstein is getting more women on the jury. Okay. Yeah, because women. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. But I think if you if you're going to be skeptical, right, as a juror here, you're going to be skeptical of him using his money and power and and knowing the cliche casting couch scenarios in Hollywood. And then if you're skeptical of the women, well, they know how much money he has, and yeah, they ended up getting some parts or whatever, and they knew the deal. You know, when they went into the hotel room or wherever the alleged uh, incident is. So I think skepticism is is good. I think it's a good thing because it challenges all the witnesses and accusations in the case. I think the New York jury is going to hold both Harvey Weinstein and the accusers to a higher standard when it comes to being that street smart savviness. Okay, you may not see that somewhere else in the middle of America where people aren't as as. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think street smart is about, you know, no, that's the best word. I, I just think it's, yeah, but I think it's, I think there's skepticism. Okay, that's a word. Yeah, I, that's I a really good word. I really think it's skepticism think more than right. anything. Some people right. will take you at your word. New yes. Yorkers never will. Never. Never. Not in the million years. So I don't trust years. anything, Seema Not says. in the million years. All right, when we come back, Seema, this, this is, this is, I, you know, I love J Judge Burke, right? We're like best friends. Are you? Really? Yeah, we are. are. you? Really? Yeah. I know you guys are going to be like hang at the Whiskey Tower and when I come in, you're going to ignore me. Yeah. You're like, and I don't I'm know her. I'm going to have a club soda with lemon, but. I don't know her. Who's he, that? He did something that I was not happy with. Oh, you guys are going to fight? We're going to talk already? about it. It was a oh. secret hearing. I do not believe in secret court. They had it in this case. We're going to talk about it when we come back. Follow Court TV live over the air, uninterrupted. If you're watching television with an antenna, just rescan your channels now to add Court TV. And go to CourtTV.com to see the exact channel position and more ways to watch Court TV in your area. I hate secret court. I believe in open courtrooms, Seema. All the time? All the time. No, 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 you don't. No, you don't. Well... No, you don't. With certain limited restrictions. But I believe it's our government, our courthouse, belongs to us, doesn't belong to any judge, any lawyer, any litigant. And they should be wide open. The public should be able to go in and see what's happening. The only way that we can continue to trust 
Our system of justice is if the doors are wide open and the sun is shining in. Okay, first of all, there's no sun shining in the freaking courtroom because it's dark in courtrooms, number one. Number two is give me an exception because I know you have an exception. A juvenile court. No, that's not it. There's another exception. Well, juvenile court, I believe. No, you have another exception. I know you do. No, well. Undercover officers. Yes, we got to protect them. Okay, good. I'm glad. Okay. Serpico. Oh, that Al was um, Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Pacino. Yeah. Okay. So, oh, great. Okay. So we agree so on Judge that. So Judge Burke in the Harvey Weinstein case, April 26th, holds secret court. I know. I was Clear, supposed to go, but I couldn't go. Clears the courtroom. No members of the media, no members of the public, just them with a secret hearing. To me, that was um, that was not the right call. I completely Because I want to trust the system. How do we trust the system if we can't see it in action? Now, that hearing, just so we can kind of explain to everyone, uh, number one, Court TV did, you know, we were part of a media group that opposed that secret hearing. Yes. Just so our listeners know that. Uh, That hearing was to determine which accusers would be testifying in the trial. Right. So the judge was trying to protect, I guess, the accusers and trying to protect Harvey Weinstein and his right to a fair trial because some of these accusers may or may not be allowed to testify and he didn't want it plastered all over the papers, right? The what? The papers. Just the papers. And the you know, the media and doing? the internet everywhere else. About the interwebs? The, uh, yeah, about all these other accusers, but by the way, there's already been 90 people that have come forward. So, what are we talking about? That's here? The, that's exactly it. Thank you for what saying that. What are we that. talking Thank about? Thank you for saying that because even with an undercover, right? With an undercover, they they go by names. So we we don't know that we don't know. I mean, sorry, we go they go by numbers. Excuse me. So it's like undercover three seven three. You you don't have their name. The lawyers don't have their names. None of us have their names. And when they decide whether to close the courtroom, they have a closed courtroom hearing. So the the undercover officer will basically testify like I'll be in danger. My family will be in danger. Blah 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 blah. And and this didn't happen here. He decided sua sponte that we're going to just close the doors. What does sua sponte mean? Um. On his own. On his own. Design, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, vis-a-vis. So, he just closed the courtrooms. So, he, and that's the confounding part is that we have a list of almost 90 accusers. We have everyone's names. So, who is he trying to protect? Right. And, and I understand protecting the victims of sexual assault, but, you know, we don't name them, right? That's that's part of the protection that they get in our system. We covered the Kellen Winslow trial, and it was Jane Doe number one, Jane Doe number two, Jane Doe number three, Jane Doe number four, Jane Doe number five. And that that was fine. And and there's ways to cover these stories without revealing the victims. Now, but they've the, already revealed themselves. That most just, of them have. Yeah. 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 And, and on the other hand, to protect... Harvey Weinstein's right to a fair trial. See, this is where criminal defense attorneys get it wrong. And and I call it an amateur mistake. Do tell. An amateur mistake by defense attorneys because all of a sudden they're like, oh, we don't want our client tried in the court of public opinion. How can he get a fair trial if they're writing all these articles and convicting him before he even has his day in court? And this is all before. And it's going to taint the jury pool, right? It's going to taint the jury pool. No. Here's 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 where they're so wrong, okay? Follow follow me, Seema. I'm listening. I'm right here. I'm like you act like I'm out the door. I'm right, right. here. I'm okay, like right yeah. in front of you. I thought you were trying to sneak out. Okay. So, if all these stories are in the media and you know all the talking heads are on TV or on the internet and they're all convicting Harvey Weinstein and saying he's guilty this, he's guilty there, he did this, he did that, right? And potential jurors are listening to that. And because of that they form an opinion, right? Guess who doesn't end up on the jury? 
all of those people. The defense gets the leftovers. The leftovers are the people who, despite all this pretrial publicity, are either oblivious to it or have heard all of it and still don't think or are not convinced to a point where they, they can't change their mind that the guy is guilty. They Those are the best jurors they want. Every defense attorney should want as much pretrial publicity as possible. Point in case, Casey Anthony, the most hated woman in America, yeah. that case was in Florida. Every piece of evidence at trial was already on the internet, on TV. I'm talking, everybody's talking about it, and everybody hated her, everybody convicted her. When it was time for jury selection, uh, the prosecutor, Jeff Ashton, said it was a disaster for the prosecution because every level-headed, normal person (laughs) already knew they couldn't be fair because she was so guilty, so none of them ended up on the jury. They ended up with a bunch of misfit leftovers. I love it, yeah. all got together and found her not guilty while everybody else on the planet knows what really happened there. So why do defense attorneys so knee-jerkily, is that a word, knee-jerkily? No, but I'm really, I am telling you, I am in a cloud of awe at that beautiful analysis. Yeah. You did, that was great. Thank you. you. That whole segment, we can just. I'm dropping my microphone. I know. Can we, just, that's it. It's over. It's over. Today, it's over. So they they all. No, that was great. That was a beautiful analysis, number one. But also. I'm just going to, I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. But we should also, I'm sure our listeners know, what do Harvey Weinstein and Casey Anthony have in common? At one point, they had the same attorney, exactly. Jose Baez. Exactly. Who knows how exactly. to? He knows how to work a jury. Yeah. But, I mean, he, no, but I think honestly, your analysis was spectacular because you went into that, you know, deep strategic process of how perhaps the defense attorneys should look at this. But again, I, you know, I, I'm just looking at the other. Maybe the reason they fought so hard was for the appellate issues. You know, maybe they're just trying to protect the record. Maybe they they knew what was going to happen anyway. I don't know. Or they're amateurs and they haven't really thought about it. And this is but I, who? Wait, 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 but, uh, wait, wait, wait. On April 26th, it was Baez. Okay, so yeah, so he knew. He should have known. He should have known. April I mean, 26th was Baez. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He should have known. And and here's the thing uh, uh, about this is. Everyone ends up with a fair trial You you because you have this jury selection process, and everyone kind of forgets about that. It's not like the first 12 in the door are going to sit in that jury. They get to know who they are. They question them. They voir dire them. Voir dire them. <laughs> voir dire. They, they get them to speak. They find out who they are. And, and these days you can read on their social media. You'll yeah. find out so yeah. much about them. So uh, pretrial publicity is overblown, and many times when attorneys and judges are – are dealing with it for the first time. They overreact and they have these cliche responses and cliche uh, quotes in the media and everything else that, to me, are so contraire to what the oh, voir dire contraire to. Oh my God! Can we just do a whole episode in French? Yeah, to what the reality is of of what happens in these high profile cases? Because at court TV, that's all we cover are high profile cases. Yeah. Whether it's high profile just locally in a certain jurisdiction, or if it's nationwide, hope high profile. Sure. And Time and time again, and I believe in juries. You know I love juries. I believe in them. I, uh, yeah, and you like to pander. And they... they That's and, exactly what's happening. No, I love juries. Uh, I heart juries. Yeah. I heart James Burke. He's my friend. They make their decision based upon what happens in the courtroom. At the end of the day, they do. They don't make their decision based upon anything that I say, you say, or some yo-yo on the internet tweets. 
Come on. Okay, so what does it mean now? Tell me what's happening now. Like, we're on the precipice of the biggest trial in decades and cameras well actually not cameras the courtroom was shut was for shut this for the preliminary hearing. hearing so now at trial it's open it's open we'll be there but we they, they're not allowing our cameras but it doesn't matter because we're gavel to gavel baby that's right we by the way you listen and watch the trial on court tv you will know Hour by hour, minute by minute, what is happening in the courtroom? So there won't be any surprises. It's the only place going to have to. We're not going to let you down. No, we've got a full team there. Full team. I'm going to be happening. in New York. Oh my god. I'm going to be. Wait, back I, in that's New York. wait. So we're going to be in New York together for the first week. That's right. Do you know they've given us like bunk beds. We're, no. Yeah, we're no. no it's going to be like the that's real world. It's going to be like the court TV real world that we're all going to stay in one apartment. You and I are sleeping in bunk beds. No. No, did, we are. Did they used to vote people out in real world? I'm going to vote you out before you even get off the plane. If I show up and there's bunk beds, I'm voting myself out. <laughs> you should never- Court TV, when the you, real world. When you travel, you should never stay in a place that's not as nice or nicer than where you live. Remember you told me that when yeah, I was taking my, a, my, my weekend vacay? You yeah, told me that. That's, that's good. That's my rule. Okay. Otherwise, I'm not going anywhere. Okay, so we'll, we'll I'm sure the Four Seasons has bunk beds that'll accommodate us. <laughs> okay. Hey, by the way, folks, if you like this podcast or love it, right? Some people may actually love it. Five stars. Support us with a review. Uh, share us on your social media. And please listen to us next weekend. And tell their friends, right? People tell tell your friends. friends. Tell your friends. Core TV podcast, coretv.com, Core TV 24-7. Awesome. Thank you, Seema. Thank you. This podcast is a production of Core TV. Go to CourtTV.com for more content, trials on demand, and to find out how to watch Court TV in your area.